I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today we're talking about season three, episode six of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's a crazy name because like, yes, we do start school and there is a party, but that doesn't really feel like either of the main topics. (laughs) May I blow your mind? Teen Spirit. Spirit of a teen. Vicky. Teen Spirit. Smells like Teen Spirit. Huh. It's a little play on words because there is some kind of like the first day of school there's a little bit of light social storylines but i think it's a play on teen spirit ghost i think that's a great point so as always i'm going to start the episode by reading the synopsis from vampire diaries wiki on the first day of their senior year elena caroline bonnie and matt are still reeling from recent events well tyler seems to be enjoying everything (laughs) a little too much (laughs) damon is annoyed by a new house guest and everyone is surprised by the arrival of a new student in Alaric's history class. Matt asks Bonnie for help when he realizes he made a serious mistake. Meanwhile, Stefan continues to carry out his latest assignment from Klaus. Leave it to Tyler to have fun and to Matt to fuck everything up. Matt really has a gold star stupidity performance in this episode in a way that you almost have to respect. Somehow this is stupider than him killing himself last episode (laughs) somehow he topped that at least killing himself worked at a point (laughs) anyway but we start the episode as we start so many at the gilbert house elena is lying in bed awake when her alarm goes off at 5 15 in the morning which seems early yeah i was kind of like damn when does their school start yeah (laughs) she gets up slowly she looks in the mirror and sees the neck wound that she got from stefan's bite and covers it with makeup And it's like, girl, could no one have given you a little vampire blood to heal it? Or does she want to see it to like remind her? I feel like she could want to see it, that she was like, no, I need to remember what happened. I need to deal with this. Yeah. Like, I don't want vampire blood. I want to I want to be a human, whatever. She runs into Rick in the hallway, who clearly has a headache. Obviously, he's hungover, but he is up. You got to give it to him. Yeah. He's like, look, I may have drank a whole bottle of bourbon last night. But it's 5.15. I'm up. I'm ready to fight, babe. He puts the functioning in functioning alcoholic. <laughs> so then they go out to the woods where Rick is teaching Elena how to use like these steak brass knuckles, like these steak knuckles on a mannequin. Good of Elena to finally learn how to fight. She's I mean, she's done OK for herself in the past, but this can't hurt her. Yeah, she's been able to get out of situations with some quick thinking, but it definitely doesn't hurt to be trained And a little bit more prepared for this. I think she always kind of was like, yeah, I'll be ready if I need to, but I just need to hold people off till like Stefan can come help me. And now she's like, oh, wait, uh, Stefan might be the one fighting me this time, though, which, again, no one is trying to kill Elena that she's aware of because she's actually very valuable at the moment, but it's still a good time to learn how to fight. Yeah. And Alaric happens to have a number of innovative weapons to show her. He is an inventor. So the point of these steak knuckles is like the pressure of your punch will release the steaks into the vampire's body. Alaric demonstrates, works perfectly. He's got a little dummy set up with a little bullseye. (laughs) And she punches and they don't come out. And she's like, that's weird. They must be jammed. And Alaric's like, no, I think you just need to lift some weights. Yeah, he's like, I think you're just not strong enough to use them. And she's like, okay. um, Demoralizing start to the training, for sure. (laughs) Little rude, maybe true, but you don't have to say it, like, immediately. 
So then he switches tactics. He's like, okay, uh, you know what this is? And she says, yes, this is a vervain grenade. I have used one before. And he says, great. So you know that really the only advantage you have when it comes to vampires is the element of surprise. So he pulls the pin out of the grenade, tosses it to her and says, surprise. And she's like, ah, and then she throws it away just in time for it to explode. <laughs> she gets immediately upset. She's like, this isn't a joke to me. And he's like, who's joking? He's like, I'm not a comedy guy, girl. <laughs> like, One thing about me is I am not funny. And he's like, look, vampires will do whatever they want without remorse. It's in their nature. And she says, you don't have to use pronouns. You can say Stefan. Yeah, like they've always known this was a possibility for vampires, but now they have someone who they know has no remorse. Yeah, who quite literally has no feelings. Yeah, not not a one. And Rick says, look, I get it. Stefan hurt you and you want to protect yourself to make sure it doesn't happen again. And Elena's like, yeah, but you think I'm crazy for wanting to protect myself from a vampire who flipped the switch on his humanity. And Rick says, you got out of bed today. You're the strongest person I know. Mentally. <laughs> yeah, he's like, again, only mentally. <laughs> he says, I think you can do pretty much anything. And she nods, puts the steak knuckles back on and keeps trying. He does really believe in her. It's a very fathering moment that she needs and she needs someone to support her. And she's trying to toughen herself up. She's like, you know, I've been fighting for love and I kind of got shit on for it. But she does also need the tough love that Alaric is giving her very kindly, which is like, you are mentally very strong, but that doesn't really matter <laughs> in some cases. That won't be enough to defeat a vampire. So like, it's great you have that and we're nurturing the rest of it now. So then we cut over to Mystic Falls High. It's the first day back to school. Woohoo! Senior year. Everyone on campus is excited. They're talking. They're just having a great time. Except for Elena, Bonnie, and Caroline, who are standing and looking pretty defeated by the events of the summer. Yeah, they're kind of like, we have to go to school now? Bonnie says, shouldn't this feel more empowering that we're seniors? And Caroline tries to turn it around. Got to give it to her. She says, okay, yes, prank night was a bust. We're accepting it. We're moving on. Which is kind of the understatement of the century, but Bonnie plays into it. Bonnie says, you know what? Yes. Why should I let the fact that my boyfriend is seeing the ghosts of his dead girlfriends hinder this experience? And Caroline says, exactly. And why should I let the fact that my boyfriend is a hybrid damper this fabulous day? And Elena says, today's our anniversary. And it's like, okay, I guess we'll let Elena damper the day. Okay, bring the mood down, bitch. She says, me and Stefan met on the first day of school last year. And Bonnie and Caroline say like, okay, you're kind of allowed to damper the mood with that piece of information. You win. Yeah, they're like, yeah, yours is the worst. We'll give you that. And Bonnie says, you know, are you sure you want to be here? And Elena says, I have to. I have to put it behind me. New year, new life. I'm going to fuck my boyfriend's brother. <laughs> she said, Just and it's okay. I'll get back at him real quick. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't say that last part, but the Delena writings on the wall. I mean, hello. Yeah. <laughs> we see a scene later. <laughs> Even Stefan's seeing that writing. Yeah. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. There's rock music playing. Uh, Damon is walking through a minefield of dead bodies. There's a bunch of girls playing Twister. Stefan is just spinning the wheel and then he's just biting whatever body part it lands on. It's barely Twister. It's barely even fun. <laughs> Iconic of these girls to still be like playing Twister when obviously he's just like he's not saying right hand yellow. They're just they're just climbing on this mat. You know, they're like, hey, we might as well have some fun with it. Yeah. And so Damon says, hey, those dead brunettes on the stairs owe me a new Persian rug. And Stefan says, actually, they owe us a Persian rug. OK, it's my house, too. It's like, well, Stefan, you're the one who left them there. Like, obviously, we can't collect it from them. So give me a new rug. 
And then Stefan says, hey, you want to spin the twister wheel? Yeah. And Damon's like, that's very lame. Just kill them. Damon says, this is barely even stylish. Yeah. Damon says, so this is what Klaus had in mind when he told you to protect Elena. And Stefan says, hey, these ladies are helping me be the very best I can be because they're offering him their blood. So then there's a knock at the door and it's Rebecca. She's looking for Stefan. Damon hasn't met her yet. So he asks who she is. I can't help but notice when she walks in, she's got a bunch of feather extensions done. It is 2011 here. You got to respect that Rebecca came into 2011 like a week ago, already on trend. Yeah. Queen. She, she walked into a hair salon and she saw someone with the feather extensions. She said, oh, give me a ton of those. She said, give me a bunch and only the striped ones. I don't want any of that fucking solid color bullshit. Rebecca sat down in the chair and she said, let me ask you a question. What is the most popular high school girl, you know, doing to her hair? And they said, <laughs> oh, the feather extensions are popular. And she said, do those to me. Yeah, she said, give me those, but I'm staying blonde. And they, and they said, we wouldn't dream of changing it, girly. Rebecca says, Klaus left me here. He left me in the dust. And Stefan says, I'm sorry, your tone implies I'm supposed to care. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? She said, not you. She said, this is not necessary. So then Damon puts the pieces together that this is Klaus's sister. And she says, yeah, Rebecca, pleasure, I'm sure. Which room is mine? <laughs> yeah, she's like, this is my house now, baby. Stefan says, you're not staying here. And she's like, you both are really rude. Um, I'll go find my room by myself. And she goes upstairs. And Stefan says, I guess she's staying. Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, what are you? how are you going to stop her? You're not. You might as well bring her to a room so she doesn't take one of yours. Yeah, because Damon just renovated his bathroom. Famously. Yeah, Damon, we all, we all know what your bathroom looks like. She's going to pick your room. Better lock the door. So then we go over to school. Jeremy approaches Bonnie and he kind of tries to ease the tension with a joke. He says, what, is it not cool to talk to juniors anymore? And it's like, Jeremy, you know what's going on. He pretty quickly notices that she's mad, which of course she denies. And that joke didn't really land with her, yeah. And she says, look, I'm just simply resigned to the fact that I'm sharing space in our relationship with Anna and Vicky. And he says, well, I haven't talked to Vicky in a while. Now, did he yeah, think that was a suitable <laughs> response? She I said, mean, okay, I can't help but notice you only said one name. So you were talking to, okay, so I'm sharing space with Anna. With a dead ex-girlfriend, with a dead girlfriend, not two. Uh, yeah. Win for me, I guess. <laughs> Ooh, things are looking up. Ooh, okay, want to get married? <laughs> Bonnie says, that's really not the point. And he says, okay, I know, I know. But look, I had to see Anna again. She had information that Damon needed. And while this is true, this doesn't like ease Bonnie's insecurities. He might as well be like Damon and Catherine literally banged my head into a table until I talked to her. Like it, I wasn't planning to talk to her. Yeah. And Bonnie understands this. She says, yeah, but like put yourself in my shoes. You loved both of them. You didn't break up. They died and you keep letting them back in. So like, how am I supposed to react to that? Because Bonnie does also understand just based on her understanding of the spirit world that she's like, they're not like showing up like you're allowing it to happen, you know? Yeah. Jeremy says like, oh, you think I want this? And Bonnie says, I think you can decide whether or not you see them, which again, she doesn't know all the details of the other side, but that's a reasonable assumption to make knowing what she knows about magic. And it's a true assumption. And knowing that Jeremy's not seeing them like every second of the day, like there's a reason they're coming up at specific times. And you would have to imagine if one of his dead girlfriends can come whenever she wants, she would be there more than like randomly. Yeah, exactly. You have to imagine there's a pattern. Yeah. So then we go out to the parking lot where Matt is pulling in. He looks pretty sad about coming to school and who can blame him? He's got a pretty sad life. 
Yeah. And then Vicky appears and she says, you were always better at being a part of this than I was. Low bar. And he says, it freaks me out when you appear. And she's like, yeah, I'm a ghost. Like, that's all I really can do. Also, I can only appear if you're thinking of me. Yeah, she's like, I'll explain it to you again. Like, you thought of me. You wanted me here, babe. He says, you know, I was just thinking about the first day of school last year. I was worried about running to Elena. And, you know, you told me, suck it up, be a man and show her what she's missing. He did none of those three things. (laughs) Yeah, and he, he spent the whole year failing on that. Matt says, yeah, instead she met a vampire. And Vicky's like, hey, you seem unhappy. And he said, yeah, life is pretty rough for me. Yeah, he said, my life is pretty bad. Yeah, I don't know if you've been paying attention to my life. Clearly, you've been able to tune in. Uh, You and mom are gone. And it's a lot to deal with alone. But I'm really glad to talk to you. I miss you. And she says, oh, I miss you too. And he could not sound sadder to the point that Vicky has abandoned all tact with which she's going to bring up this next thing because obviously he's open to this. He like putted right to her that I'm so alone and I miss you so much. And she said, okay, I thought I was going to have to wait like a week, but clearly my opening just got shoved in my face. She says, hey, random thought. I can't believe I'm thinking of this. It just, you know, came to me out of nowhere. What if there was a way that you could help me come back? And he says, what? But then Tyler knocks on the car and Vicky disappears. So Matt follows Tyler outside and Tyler says, hey, were you talking to yourself? And Matt's like, why are you in such a good mood? And Tyler says, we're seniors. Life is good. And it's really because he just had a bunch of blood. Yeah, it's clear that he's in a good mood because he's a hybrid and he's feeling powerful and he just had blood. But Matt doesn't notice that because Matt's a little um, stupid. Yeah, it's a lot of information for him to keep track of. Let me go over to Michael's little tomb mausoleum. Catherine tempts him with a mouse. He doesn't seem to show any interest in it. And who can blame him? Damon gives her a call and she says, what? And he says, what do you mean? What? I've been calling you for two days. <laughs> she says, that's so weird. That's exactly how long I've been ignoring you. And he's like, ha ha ha, very funny. Anyway. Yeah. Damon says, Jeremy told me that you found Michael. And she says, sort of. Yeah. But he's out of commission. He won't eat. I've offered humans, animals, whatever. He is not interested. And Damon says, okay, we'll try harder. We need him to kill Klaus so we can de-ripify Stefan before he destroys my house. Catherine looks outside the mausoleum. She spots a guy visiting a grave of someone. And she says, okay, I'll try again. I just got fresh blood. (laughs) Yeah. At least this guy gets to be with whoever he was visiting. Yeah, exactly. So then we go back over to the school. Um, Elena is getting a call from Damon and she says, if you're checking in on me, I'm fine. And he says, hey, just something random. Maybe like don't come to my house for a while. We have a new housemate and he calls her Barbie Klaus, which is Rebecca. And I think uh, Rebecca would feel pretty uh, flattered by that name. Honestly. I think she'd be flattered by Barbie. I don't yeah. think she'd be flattered by Klaus. Yeah. Elena says, hey, why is Rebecca living with you? And name is like, she's stranded. Klaus left her in the dust after I name dropped Michael, whatever she showed up. Yeah, Damon's like, I don't really know. She just kind of showed up and decided that. And I don't really know how to stop her. So it's just kind of where we are. Yeah, it's kind of where we're at. And then <laughs> Elena says, oh, what, what's Stefan up to? And Damon says, oh, you know, Stefan, journaling, reading, shaping his hair. And she says, okay, well, I can handle the actual truth because that ain't it, sir. Yeah. And Damon says, oh, is that the bell? You should go to class. And he hangs up. Yeah, there's no bell. And then she spots Caroline putting up posters for the bonfire tonight. And Elena's like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about the bonfire. Of course you did. It's been a busy couple weeks. Yeah, you've had a lot on your mind. Caroline says, look, you have to go. It's our first Spirit Squad event, and it sets the burr for the whole year. And Elena says, I'll be there. What else do I have to do, dude? I'm not going to sit at home. 
Yeah, Elena's like, if I sit at home, I'm just going to cry. So I might as well go somewhere. I might know? as well go have a couple beers. <laughs> yeah. Caroline says thanks. And then Tyler comes up and immediately like kisses Caroline, even though she's in the middle of a conversation. It says happy first day. And then really quickly, her and Elena both clock that he's got blood on his lips and shirt. They push him into the bathroom and yell at him. They're like, hey, you can't be walking in with blood on you. And he says, relax. It's just a blood bag. Rebecca hooked me up. And it's like, it's still blood on your shirt. We're not mad about where you got it. Well, but they are mad that he got it from Rebecca. Yeah, yeah they are mad once they learn where he got it. Yeah, it's too too pronged mad. And Tyler says, what? Klaus told Rebecca to look after me. And Caroline says, why are you amused by this? And Tyler says, I'm his first successful hybrid. Don't you think that's the tiniest bit awesome? He's like, isn't that kind of dope? Which it is kind of dope, but buddy, just wear a bib. Don't spill on yourself. And here's the thing. If you're like killing an actual person, I get getting blood on yourself. Did you just spill? Yeah, he spit up, mama. <laughs> it's a blood bag. Like, Tyler, it's more embarrassing that it's a blood bag. I hate to break that to you. <laughs> I hate to tell you. <laughs> just wash it down with something, too, so it's not all over your lips when you kiss your vampire girlfriend, who will taste it. Yeah. Caroline is like, what the fuck? And Elena's like, you know what? You guys don't need me for this. I'm going to head out. <laughs> yeah, Elena's like, I'm going to go. So Elena goes into the hallway and runs into Stefan, an obvious parallel to the first day of school last year when they ran into each other in a very cute and charming way. My, how things have changed. He says, hey, and she says, hey, why are you here? And he says, I'm going back to school. Go Timberwolves. And then he clarifies, you know, Klaus wants me to keep an eye on you. And she's like, OK, well, I'm going to go to class. And he's like, uh, uh-uh, class is this way. And she says, let go. And he says, you really think I want to be a senior in high school? But you know what? If I don't have a choice, neither do you. And you have to imagine. If students walking by this whole time, they're all like, what the fuck is up with them? They were like the golden couple last year. Yeah, they're like, those two were like so obsessed with each other. And now like, they that's looking bad. Like, what the fuck did Stefan do? He's grabbing her. They're clearly upset. She's got a scarf on. That doesn't bode well. And they're like, was she cheating on him? She's got a scarf to cover a hickey. Stefan looks sexy. He's got his revenge body going on. What's the situation? I'm like watching this with eagle eyes. If I'm at my locker nearby, even if I'm not at my locker, I'm going to, I'll be drinking water for 20 minutes to watch this. And then she says, let go. And Alaric comes for backup and Stefan pushes Alaric against the locker and more students look. And if I'm at my locker, I'm like, oh yeah, she's fucking that teacher. Like I fucking told you last year. Did I not say, didn't I say, I thought she was fucking that teacher. I swear to God, I saw them in the woods this morning at like six in the morning. Yeah, they were like just walking together. And it's like, why is Stefan so mad at this teacher? Like he's just, and the teacher's not even mad that he's getting punched by a student. Like that's weird, right? Something's going on. And then Stefan says, don't get in my way. See you both in history and leaves them. And me at my locker, I'm like, what? wow, that was crazy. Posting heavy on the Mystic Falls yik yak. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go over to Alaric's classroom where Elena and Alaric are catching up before class. Rick says, hey, why is Stefan here? And Elena says, Klaus compelled him to look after me because now I'm one of Klaus's assets since my blood is the only way to create a hybrid. Rick is like, so he's like a bodyguard. And Elena's like, I don't know what he is, but he's definitely not Stefan. And him being here isn't good for any of us. So we need to do something. And then students start filing in. So they break up again. I'm walking in that class. I'm like, see, and they were talking before class. Like, look at them whispering to to each other. I was like, they're totally having sex. Something's happening. Yeah. Rick starts writing on the board, uh, AP American history. Stephanie and I had the same reaction. And I know this is not what I'm supposed to take. Seniors don't take a push, right? 
That's a junior year class. Maybe in Virginia, it's different. I don't know. Maybe in California, where me and Stephanie both went to high school, you take AP U.S. history junior year and then AP government senior year. So I was very confused that the seniors were taking American history. Couldn't help a clock. Also, because I, I hate to say it again, I have no business picking apart a lyrics curriculum, but they were learning about the Civil War last year. So that's American history. That's a really good point. So is this the right class? Is alert confused? I think, honestly, they just wanted to get this little exchange with Rebecca in, and they said, we have to make an American history to do that. Also, American history is an easy one to give, like, alert his little monologues that somewhat relate to the topic, you know? Yeah. As Rick is writing on the board, Stefan comes in, and he goes up to a rando who's sitting next to Elena, and he says, hey, you're in my seat, and kicks him out. And the guy says, okay, I'll go. And then the guy comes back and sits next to me. And I say, did Stefan just kick you out of that seat to sit next to Elena? He is shameless. And this guy's like, okay, you know what? I didn't really believe you at first, but you were right. I'm like, I'm telling you, something's up. (laughs) And Rick says, okay, welcome back. Let's turn our brains on, seniors. We're going to start with this country's original founders, the Native Americans. King. King. Uh, But then Rebecca says, what about the Vikings? Weird reaction, Rebecca. (laughs) All the students notice Rebecca come in. Obviously, our heroes know who she is. Rick notably hasn't met her. Rick says, you know, there's actually no evidence of Vikings settling in the Americas, you dumb bitch. He's like, weird choice of fact for an entrance that when it wasn't right, but okay. Introduce yourself, I suppose. (laughs) To his knowledge, he's like, are you even a fucking vampire? You might be a normal student. Yeah. And she says, I'm Rebecca, I'm new, and history is my favorite subject. And Alex's like, okay, go sit down. We don't really do that kind of intro here. Yeah, he's like, I didn't really ask for an icebreaker. He's like, can I ask you a question? You know Elena already? Like, yeah. He's like, are you friends with Stefan? Yeah, can I ask you something? Where'd you move from? <laughs> what do you mean history is your favorite subject? You mean it in like a cheeky way? Was that loaded? Or are you just like saying? Or are you just a nerd? Or are you just like a weirdo? And she's like, oh, no, it was loaded. And he's like, okay, I got my answer. Thank you. So you're an an original? Got got it. I'm caught up. I'm caught up. (laughs) So then we go out to the stoner pit, and you can tell because there's a painted VW bus parked in the parking lot. Who the fuck owns that? Fanciest stoner pit of all time. They have a fucking decorative car there. (laughs) Yeah, isn't the principal like, guys, you can't have a VW bus out here. The principal's like, look, the fact that there are like four rundown couches We know this is where you guys smoke weed. If you have a little bus that's painted like hippies, it's just becoming a little too obvious to everyone. And we're going to have to start actually getting you in trouble for it. And they said, fuck you. And they said, okay. (laughs) They said, fair enough. So Mac goes to the stoner pit and Vicky appears. And she's like, you have no business being in the stoner pit. And he says, well, I thought you'd feel more comfortable here. Rude. (laughs) That hit him. (laughs) Mac gets right to business. He says, what do you mean about me being able to help you come back? And she says, okay, so right now, I can only come back when you think of me. But there's a way I could be free of that. Right now, I have some help on the other side. And he says the other side, because it's the first time he's heard that term. And then Jeremy comes out and he's like, hey, Matt, what are you doing here? Because he's not usually in the stoner pit. Vicky smiles when she sees Jeremy. Very cute. And Matt says, I could ask you the same question. And he's like, oh, I'm just looking for my stoner lab partner. But he doesn't see his lab partner. He appears not to see Vicky. And he's like, okay, bye. And when he leaves, Matt turns to Vicky and he says, can Jeremy not see you anymore? And Vicky's like, what the fuck? And then we cut to the bathroom where Jeremy's talking to Anna and he's like, Matt was talking to Vicky right out in the open. You got to give it to Jeremy to like ignore her and keep this little piece to himself. 
Because it's clear from the way they were talking, it's like, I feel like Matt might be falling for whatever she tried to tell me to do. Yeah, it seems like Matt hasn't been talking to Jeremy about talking to Vicky. So clearly he's hiding it, at least from Jeremy. And Jeremy's kind of Matt's closest ally in this group. So if Matt's not telling Jeremy anything, he's not telling anyone anything. Yeah, and if Matt's seeing ghosts, the one person he could tell is Jeremy because Jeremy literally has more experience with it and Matt knows that. So it's weird that this isn't something he told Jeremy and Jeremy knows that that's some information that he should be sharing with others because he's smart. Yeah, got to give it to Jeremy. He is smart. Anna asks how Matt is talking to Vicky and Jeremy says, well, he also died and came back. And he tells Anna that he overheard her say that she could come back because she has help on the other side. And Anna says, oh, what kind of help? And then we cut over to the stoner pit where Matt asks the same question. (laughs) And Vicky says, so there's a witch I've been talking to over here, says there's a ritual she can do um, to use magic from my side to push me over. Vicky's got her mogul mindset, even in death. Who's this witch who's helping Vicky, do you think? Well, it's got to be. Okay, well, I think I just figured it out. I figure it's someone who really doesn't want Klaus to have the hybrids based on what we see. So it's probably this original witch. You know, realistically, I was going to guess Emily Bennett or one of the other big witches from this witch house. But realistically, it's got to be the original witch. The clues in this episode point us in that direction pretty conclusively. I mean, it could in theory be any witch because they're all concerned with balance. But obviously, this witch is specifically concerned with that balance. Yes. In the bathroom, Jeremy asks Anna if it's possible for Vicky to be pushed over from the other side to their side. Anna says, well, maybe if she has like a stronger foothold. And Jeremy says, oh, like an anchor. And she says, yes. Plus side of Jeremy dating witch. He's got all these terms now. Yeah. And Anna says right now she's tethered to Jeremy. She doesn't really explain why. She says, so my only access point to your side is through you. But if Vicky got a stronger foothold and then we cut out to the stoner pit where Vicky explains that if she got a stronger foothold, she could come and go as she pleases without relying on Matt. And Matt says, "Okay, yeah, but you'll still be a ghost. And she says, yeah, but in a town of vampires, werewolves and witches, like I'll fit right in. She's like, at least I can walk around and kind of feel like a normal person, you know? Yeah, it's a good attitude to have. And he says, are you really joking right now? And she says, relax, like no one else will be able to see me. That doesn't seem correct, though. What makes you say that? Because of the end of this episode. Like, it seems like if there is some sort of thinning of the spirit world, you know, we've seen a couple other, go- we saw a couple other ghosts in this episode be able to touch people and interact with people. One that we have not seen interact with ghosts before. But we didn't see anyone see that ghost. Oh, that's true. But we'll get. I'm just, yeah, I'm curious about whether that changes who can see her, if there's any technicalities. Well, and it seems later in the episode, and we can get there when we get there, that Vicky doesn't quite understand exactly what she's getting offered. Yeah, I don't think she really knows what it means. Because she seemed surprised that she was able to touch things. Yeah, I think she thinks that she can like, talk to more people potentially but I think she doesn't need to be offered that much because to her talking to more people is like talking to one person essentially which is kind of worth it to kill someone who honestly she didn't really like to begin with yeah (laughs) win-win it's kind of a win-win for her you gotta you gotta hand her that yeah (laughs) in the bathroom Anna reminds Jeremy that Vicky is bad news she's got nothing but darkness around her and Jeremy says okay but like Vicky is not a bad person I know Vicky yeah And Anna says, yeah, sure, maybe she's not a bad person, but you can't upset the balance of nature without a price. If she's using a witch's energy from the other side, you don't know the price she's agreed to pay. Yeah, because it's clear at this point that whatever Vicky has decided to do, she's made the deal. 
She's yeah. just trying to find a human to help her facilitate it. And what a perfect target she found in Matt because Jeremy was being less than helpful, but Matt, right to business. Like Jeremy, it was like, okay, he can see me. This could work, but she knew she would have to be a lot more vague with Jeremy because Jeremy would ask some of these questions. He'd know a little more. She can sneak a lot by Matt. Plus she's already at a disadvantage and she it's unclear how much she would have known, but Anna being there particularly hurt Vicky's case because he had someone else to bounce ghost stuff off of. Yeah. Someone else who he knows he can trust, who also, you know, knew all this vampire stuff and talked to him about it. So there's just a lot more understanding between them that can be compared. Whereas Vicky, it was a different situation. Matt really doesn't have any other confidants who have the knowledge that Jeremy has that he will want to talk to. So great choice of Vicky in Target. And again, (laughs) Matt doesn't particularly think critically. And I really believe, I truly, from the bottom of my heart, believe that he doesn't remember half the things people told him about the vampire stuff. Yeah. I, I'm not even trying to be mean. Yeah, it's a lot of information. And I just think it's a lot for him to take in all at once. Other people, it was gradual. He learned it late. He's obviously very stressed. No tea, no shade. But I do agree that there are things that people told him that he forgot. I'm sure someone told him like, oh yeah, balance of nature is a big thing. Like we can't upset it without a price. And that just went right over his head. He said, I'm sorry, you're a werewolf. Like, I do think he's an idiot, but I don't think that's the reason he doesn't remember everything. It's just a lot of information he was given and a lot of critical thinking that everyone else got to warm up to when he just got pushed right into. And him being an idiot certainly doesn't help. (laughs) That's definitely contributing to it. I don't think it's the only reason. I want to be a little fair to him. Yeah. And he's been through a lot of stress. He's having a hard time. All this to say he's an idiot that and Vicky really picked right here. Yeah, Vicky did a good job. And then we go back to the stoner pit where Vicky says, like, I can be a part of this life again instead of being all alone. And you won't have to be alone either. She's like, you know how hard it is to be alone. Remember how you told me that you feel alone? You won't have to be because I'll be here because you'll help me come back. I mean, this is exactly the argument that would work on Matt. And I think Vicky knows it. And I do think that Vicky's not being entirely malicious with this argument. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think she's like just saying this to manipulate him. I think she does want to be with Matt again. But it just happens to be that she's getting something she wants and she kind of has to manipulate him to get it. Well, I think she like she wants to be back in his life and kind of a little bit more control over her life. She knows Matt wants that too. And so she can use that argument. She does also know that the deal that she had to make to get that is not one Matt would necessarily like. And she's okay with taking out Elena because she's like, hey, it's bouncing nature, so I'm helping this witch. I mean, I'm sure in some ways she's like, Elena's part of the reason I died. Yeah. She's like, so this deal works for me. She's like, but I know I can't convince Matt of that. I think if given the choice between Vicky and Elena, Matt wouldn't have an immediate answer. Mm -hmm. But- I think Vicky's afraid to ask him to make the choice because she doesn't want to, if the choice he made were Elena, she doesn't want to know that. She'd rather ask forgiveness than permission because I think she knows that it's possible that he would pick her if given all the information. Yeah. But she also knows it's possible that he wouldn't pick her given all that information because of how that affects everyone else. So I think she's like, well, I'll make it easier on him and I won't tell him that until after it's done. And then he'll be okay with that because I'm back and he'll understand why I couldn't tell him. Yeah, I don't think she's trying to be malicious or even like that it's particularly selfish. I think she like wants to be there for Matt and wants to have someone there for her. They really only had each other. 
like if this is the deal she has to make to get there, like that's worth it to her. Yeah. Like I have no ill will for Vicky over this. Obviously it would be very hard for me to personally, but. Well, and also it's hard to have ill will for her because it ends up not working. Yeah. And even in her best case scenario, she's still dead. So it's like still sad. After a second, Matt looks at her and he asks what he has to do. And she says, cha-ching, baby. Yeah, literally one second. It, it, it's a pretty quick move for him. She was working on Jeremy for like three episodes and then he picked Anna and she has been talking to Matt for like a day and he's on board. And he's like, okay, let's go do a spell real quick. And she's like, this is amazing. So then we go out to the football field. There's cheer practice and football practice happening at the same time. Tyler's running. Caroline is stretching. And one of the girls on the cheer squad is like, has anyone seen Dana? We have. She's dead. Yeah. And then Rebecca approaches Caroline in her little like workout outfit. She says, sounds like there's an opening on the squad. And Caroline's like, what the, What are you doing? You can't just infiltrate our lives. And Rebecca's like, I'm only interested in infiltrating your life, your spunk, your popularity, maybe even your boyfriend. So this is an interesting peek into Rebecca's psyche. She really just wants to be a popular high school girl. Hey, that tracks with her personality. Again, she walked into 2011 and said, I am going to be the most 2011 girl that you've ever seen. She said, I'll be the queen bee in a week. We'll see if she will. She said, I got my hair feathers. I'm getting on the cheer squad. I'm going to go try to make out with that football dude who's clearly popular. I'm going for it. And the coach yells at the football team because they're like not running enough, whatever. And this doesn't sit well with Tyler. Because God forbid the athletes run. Yeah, God forbid you have to be at football practice. You signed up for this. It's not mandatory. Quit. Also, you're supernatural. This can't be tiring for you. Yeah, this is really nothing. But who am I? (laughs) Tyler is kind of on a bit of a power trip right now. And so he says, oh, I think we're done here, coach. And the coach says, did you have a mental breakdown? (laughs) The coach is like, you can't fucking just say that to me. And then Tyler goes up to the coach and he compels him. And he said, why don't you shut up so we can go get drunk at the bonfire? And the coach says, all right, hit the showers, boys. This was a mistake to give Tyler the power of compulsion. Yeah. Uh, his team like cheers him on and it goes straight to Tyler's head. You can immediately see his ego grow. And Caroline goes up to him and she says, hey, Tyler, um, you could be a little more subtle. And he says, oh, coming from the queen of subtlety. Now, that's not entirely fair. I get that Caroline's maybe not like the most subtle person in the world, but she's not like out here show offingly compelling people. She's not subtle, but all her not subtle stuff is her human thing. She's <laughs> subtle about the vampire stuff. She knows where that line is. Yeah. Tyler says, relax, I'm in control. And she's like, why are you acting like this? He says, you know, drop it. I've never been better. Klaus has given me this gift. And Caroline's like, I'm sorry, what the fuck? Yeah, Caroline's like, I don't like the way you're framing that at all. Yeah, I did not love that sentence. But then they're both distracted because there are cheers coming from across the field. They're cheering on the new girl, Rebecca, as she does a bunch of flips and lands in the splits. Monica Aldama is on the phone. Yeah. (laughs) Tyler says, girls got moves. And Caroline is annoyed at that, obviously, because she is like, I'm the fucking cheerleader, bitch. The squad surrounds Rebecca, complimenting her. Rebecca, like, looks back and smiles at Caroline because she's like, who's popular now, bitch? Yeah, Rebecca's eating it up because she's like, look, I may be crazy, but I can make friends. The first couple weeks of people knowing me, they love me. I do lose them because I go a little crazy. But the first few weeks, I got perfect. 
Meanwhile, Elena is running laps around the track and Stefan approaches and he's like, oh, look at you being fit. She ignores him, obviously. And he says, hey, you going to the bonfire? Sounds like fun. And she says, hey, can you leave me alone? And he says, think I'm annoying now. Wait till homecoming. Who are you bringing, by the way? I don't want it to be weird. As Elena's trying to avoid Stefan, she runs into a guy and he says, oh, I'm sorry. And then Stefan pushes him to the ground and said, watch it, dick. And again, I'm in the bleachers like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, why did he just push that guy? And then <laughs> Elena says, who are you? And he says, I'm the guy who's assigned to protect a human blood bag. No offense. And then I'm on the track like, what did he just call her? I wish Elena was like, who are you? And this guy was like, oh, I'm Dave. Like, <laughs> and she's no, like, I wasn't not talking you. to you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm on the track like, oh my God, did you see? She just pushed Dave to the ground. And then he called her a slut bag. Yeah, I'd be like, that's weird. Kind of sounded like blood, but that can't be right. That can't be what he said, because that's a weird thing to call someone, even if you're mad. Yeah. Like, I'm telling just, you, I think he, they're going to break up. Yeah, he just called her a slut bag. I think she cheated on him. And I'm telling you, it's with the teacher. No, I know it's crazy. No, I know we don't live in Pretty Little Liars, but I'm telling you. But I'm telling you, it's just looking suspicious. The evidence is piling up. I'm telling you, when we go to history class tomorrow, just watch the two of them. Just watch. They're going to make little eyes at each other. I promise. Sometimes she calls him by his first name. It's so weird. So Elena runs away from Stefan, pretty annoyed by his general behavior. Then we go back to the mausoleum where Michael is. Catherine is with Michael. He's still dead. She has propped the mourner on top of the coffin and put a slit in the guy's throat. So he's like just dripping blood perfectly into Michael's mouth. Yeah, she's like, I will get this blood in here. And it works. He starts to wake up and he says, get it away. And she says, mm, you kind of need blood. And he says, get it away. And she says, okay. And she moves it. And he says, thank you. And she says, wait a second. I recognize you. From the 20s, you were looking for Klaus. But since he's barely moving and didn't want any blood, Catherine's like, you're really not so scary for a badass vampire vampire hunter. And I have to agree with her take there. Yeah, it does help that he's chained up. So what's he going to do? Yeah. So we go to like a weight room. Elena's lifting like the world's dinkiest dumbbell. Got to start somewhere. Yeah, she's struggling. Damon comes in. And he says, oh, what are you going to do? Bench press a vampire? And she's like, hopefully. She says, do you understand what's happening? Stefan called me a human blood bag. He's a completely different person. Damon grabs the weight with one hand and he pushes down on it to make her struggle. And she's like, man, what the fuck? What are you doing? And she drops it. And then he picks it up with one hand and puts it down. Very demoralizing. Yeah, very, very depressing. It's like I was working with all my might to lift that and it was nothing to you. She says, like, one obnoxious Salvatore isn't bad enough. And he says, hey, you called. I'm here. Like, what's the plan, warrior princess? And she says, I want to lock Stefan up at least until Michael comes and kills Klaus, thus ending the compulsion. And Damon says, yeah, but compulsion or not, he's still high on human blood. And Elena's like, yeah, well, he's gotten off of it before. And Damon says, well, this is kind of different because his humanity's off. So I'm not like sure what to do here. And Elena says, can you just do it for me? Every time I look at him, I feel like I'm going to break and I don't want to give him that satisfaction. And Damon's like, you had it. Do it for me. Yeah. Damon's like, you got me there. It can't hurt to lock him up, you know, keep him off stuff for a while. I think they need to start approaching plans that do not rely on Klaus getting killed. I think that's a very thoughtful read. Because I think they're like, yeah, we just have to kill Klaus and get rid of the compulsion. Like, yes, that probably sounds like the easiest path, but we all know how this has gone before. So let's think about some other ways to undo compulsion. Yeah, Klaus is not super easy to kill. 
And that's the thing is Klaus did compel him to turn his humanity off, but he didn't say and keep it off. Yeah, he didn't say you can't turn it on. All they have to do is get him to turn it on. So the compulsion is really just secondary. Yeah, the compulsion was just a way for him to do it. Like you can still approach another plan. I just think them going the killing Klaus route again. We all saw how it ended last time, guys. And I think you have less going for you this time. So yeah, Damon will help Elena, obviously, because she asked him to. But he decides to take this moment to like be a little sexy for no reason. Yeah, be a little, get a little sexy with it. That's for the so that's for the Delena stands. Damon is playing to us. He takes Elena's hand and puts it, uh, you know, to his heart basically, mm-hmm. and he says, "Feel that?" And she says, "What?" And he says, "That's a sternum." She said, "Yeah, you, your pecs are really hard. <laughs> yeah, you rock hard." <laughs> and he says, "That's a sternum, solid bone." And she's like, "Okay, that's a different thing than I thought you wanted me to feel, but okay, I, I'm on that page now." And then he gives her a little spin, and she's, he's got her back to him. He, and he touches a spot on her like hips and he says right here below the rib cage next to the spine that's the way to a vampire's heart she's like that's the way to something else for me baby yeah she's like okay this is this is something i'm liking this and then he says i'll do whatever you need me to do elena no one will hurt you especially not my brother and she said oh my god you need to rein it in <laughs> that was too sexy he's like, for school he's like do you want to kiss me right now that's i could use one of those Hmm, <laughs> yummy so then we go over to the bonfire the bonfire has begun there's drinking everyone's having a good time but first we got to get caught up on the plan in rick's classroom elena recaps she's gonna lure stefan away from the bonfire and when he's distracted alaric will shoot him and damon says hey can't we just have bonnie do something but elena wants to keep bonnie out of it because she can't trust that stefan won't hurt her sure and i think that's fair it makes sense to keep just the vampires in the mix for this kind of plan exactly Caroline is ready. She's going to prep the Forbes jail cell because that's where they're going to keep Stefan. Smart to keep him outside of the Salvatore house since Rebecca is currently staying there. Yeah, and to use that little vampire chair that kept Caroline in check so strongly. Yeah, she says, me personally, I know um, that it is effective at trapping vampires. She said, I know it holds you pretty tight. And if we want to torture him with some sun, we do have that option as well. Yeah, there's a lot of torture options in there. And I can say from personal experience, they work quite well for torture. They're very effective. It'll make you want to stop drinking blood. (laughs) And then Damon says, yeah, but you guys are forgetting one key player. Rebecca, wherever Stefan goes, a blonde ponytail follows. And Elena says, Damon, that is your job to keep her away. And he says, how? She's an original. We're out of daggers. And Elena says, use your charm. And Alaric says, you might have better luck finding the dagger. That gets a good laugh from everyone. We're all having a good time. (laughs) Damon says, hey, you ever not going to be mad at me, Rick? And Rick says, doubtful. And it's like, okay. He's still taking it personally that Damon killed him last episode. Can't blame him for it. Can't blame him for that. Give him a couple weeks to get past it. And, you know, I know Caroline would never green light this, but it would be better. And also because he wouldn't do this, but it would be better for Tyler to be the one distracting Rebecca. That's true. But we see why that's not the plan in just a moment. Yes. Tyler comes in. He was running a little late. He apologizes. And Elena says, we need you to raid your mom's vervain supply. And he says, "Mm, you can't do that to Stefan. And Elena says, okay, uh, trust me, it's in his best interest. Elena said, I didn't fucking ask you for feedback, buddy. This is the plan. (laughs) And Tyler says, yeah, but it's not in Klaus's best interest. And Caroline says, I'm sorry, Klaus is the bad guy, Tyler. (laughs) They're like, 
we don't want it to be in his best interest. Yeah, that's actually, that's the point of us doing it. We actually don't care about Klaus's best interest. And Caroline says, why are you acting like a hybrid slave minion? And this clicks something in Damon's brain. And he goes, uh-oh. And Tyler says, Klaus made me who I am. I owe him everything. And Damon says, oh boy. And Caroline says, okay, enough with the commentary. Yeah, she's like, hey, can we all just get on the same page here? And Elena says, hey, what's up? And Damon slyly grabs a vein dirt. And Tyler clearly kind of seems to like clock that either Damon grabbed a dirt or that people are starting to turn on him. So he says, I'm going to go. But Damon pretty quickly stabs him with the dirt and knocks him out. And the room is like shocked. They're like, what are you doing that for? And Damon says that he has been sired, that he feels loyal to Klaus because Klaus's blood created him. So let's chat about siring. This is our first introduction to being sired to someone. The explanation that Damon gives is that Klaus's blood created him. So he is loyal to Klaus. We haven't seen it before in other vampires, like for example, Catherine turned Caroline, but Caroline wasn't necessarily loyal to Catherine in the same way. And Damon drops that it is rare, but basically that someone who is sired will seek acceptance from their master. And maybe it's just more common in hybrids. So what do you make of this, I guess, in general? Well, so I will point out that when Klaus originally mentioned this plan, he did verbatim say his plan was to sire a bloodline, which like that's what the word sire means. So it's possible that Klaus knew this was something that like comes with the hybrids as well, because he is, you know, trusting a lot of them to come with him. But I do think this is something interesting that it that it can happen with other vampires, but it might be more common in hybrids. I think it could also be like people who are susceptible to it. Like Tyler does kind of have this validation need also. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's why he went with these other werewolves immediately after learning about being a werewolf. So it could just be that he was more susceptible to it alone. Although you, if you make that argument, it would make sense that Caroline would have ended up in this situation too. Mm-hmm. She does like validation from people as well. I mean, don't we all? But do you think this is something we might see in other people, hybrids or otherwise throughout the rest of the show? I think if we're learning it, there's a good chance we'll see it again. I think it makes sense to see it in hybrids, but I think there's a potential we could see it just in a vampire transition, especially if this is something that can happen. There's probably some vampire somewhere who has found a way to make it happen. Sure. Someone like Michael, perhaps. Sure. And Caroline asks, how do I fix him? Damon says, get a new boyfriend. So what I also want to ask is, (laughs) do you think there's a way to like break this sire you know relationship do you think there's a way that tyler could end up not being sired to klaus you think there's a way out of this i think there's a way to definitely weaken that pull how do you think that would be it seems like you can kind of take this approach of like like any vampire urge kind of talking your way through it finding your own strategies through it i do think and i i think that they'll be taking this path Let's not rely on Tyler to ever kill Klaus. Let's never give him that job. Like, let's be aware of it. But I think it's something he can like, I think they can kind of logic his way out of it. Potentially. I don't really think it's necessarily as strong of a magical tool as like compulsion. That's the read I have on it. Do you think this is something Tyler's going to want to get rid of? Because he seems pretty happy to be a hybrid right now. I think the way that he would end up getting rid of this feeling and or wanting to kind of sever this connection to Klaus, he would have to do something pretty bad. The same way that we saw Caroline, like kill a guy and be like, okay, I can't 
do this anymore. I have to learn how to control to be a vampire. I think it's that kind of situation where he has to see the negatives of it to force him into control of it. Because, you know, in all of the transitions we've seen, Caroline's really the only one who's still here in terms of like contemporary transitions. Sure. And Tyler doesn't really seem aware of that fact necessarily because I don't really think anyone said that to him explicitly. But I think Tyler kind of thinks that because he got used to the werewolf thing, quote unquote, he's able to get used to the vampire thing. And those are unfortunately two separate things because the werewolf thing, the moon makes you turn. Whatever, you lock yourself up for the moon. The rest of the month, you're kind of okay, maybe some anger, you know? But the vampire thing, it's like a 24-7 kind of situation. So I don't really think Tyler's mentally prepared for that shift. And I think it would make sense to align with someone who's very powerful and can give you anything you want. Tyler is the type that would be susceptible to that kind of selling point, I think. Sure. So I think he is going to need quite a bit of push from other people because of his personality and because of how he's kind of gone through the supernatural thing. I do think Caroline is the most helpful in that regard because she has been through this vampire transition. Yeah. Um, Here's my question also. Tyler keeps referred to being a hybrid very positively as if it's a gift. Why do you think Tyler's so excited to be a hybrid? I think it's special and it's cool. Plus he doesn't have to turn every full moon. He can only, he only has to turn if he wants to. Plus there is this side of turning into a vampire that like heightens everything that doesn't necessarily come with the werewolf thing. And I think there is a level of like, it's kind of cool to be connected to this most powerful person. And now I'm not in trouble with Klaus because Klaus likes me because I'm his first successful hybrid. So I feel a little bit invincible right now. So I think Tyler is feeling all those things at the same time. And I'm sure also like, Klaus and Rebecca could have taken time to be like, this is really exciting because of X, Y, and Z and really like hype him up on it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and he's you not know? seen any downsides yet. I don't think he's been shown a downside to it yet because in his mind, the downside was the transition could kill him. So now he's like, I'm out of the woods. I'm yeah. in the ideal situation now. Whereas like Klaus's hybrid transition, quote unquote, was just adding on the werewolf thing, which again, I would argue is a much smaller portion of like changing your life so I think Tyler hasn't really thought through the logistics and like the day-to-day like challenges of it because that's not really the kind of thing he would think about he's not a big critical thinker Mm -hmm. so I just think he hasn't taken the time to really think about what the negatives could be because I think he's excited about the power the immortality I could see him going the route of like Ben the bartender of being like I get to fucking live forever And it's like, not necessarily though. Yeah. That's not a guarantee. So it's, it's like those kind of things all together. I think really read from Tyler's personality. We go back out to the bonfire. Stefan and Rebecca are at the keg. Uh, Rebecca's having trouble with it because to be fair, I don't think she's ever seen a keg before. (laughs) Rebecca is upset because she thought Tyler would be here. And Stefan says, you're into Tyler now. That's kind of fickle. And she's like, well, you were being an asshole to me. Yeah, she says, when you're willing to give me the time of day again, we'll talk. But until then, a girl has needs. The need to be ignored by some other man. Yeah, she's like, I'm just trying to find me a sexy little boy to make out with for a day. I'm not asking much. She's like, do you see how cute and sexy I am? The hairstylist told me that these feathers would do the trick. She says, I can't help but notice you haven't complimented my new hair. And he says, the feathers? And she says, they're very of the moment. She says, I'm, I'm going to go tell Klaus to kill you. I hope you know. My hairstylist <laughs> told me all the sexy bitches had these. Yeah. 
And I don't know if you know this about me. I'm a sexy bitch as well. So I wanted these. And did I tell you I'm a cheerleader now? Does that do anything for you? <laughs> he says, no. <laughs> Not even a little bit. And then Elena approaches them. She interrupts them by going to the keg for a beer. She pours her first beer. Stefan says, what are you doing? And she says, I'm having fun. Problem. Then she chugs her first beer and he says, hey, uh, take it easy. You're kind of a lightweight. We both know that. And then she refills her beer and she says, you think I'm going to let a blood addict tell me how to drink and walks away. And mic drop, she got him there. And he's like, you do have me there. Yep. Yeah. He's like, okay, fair enough. That that is accurate. (laughs) And then we go over to the Donovan house. Matt and Vicky have set up some candles. They have the little picture of them as kids. Matt seems kind of freaked out, but Vicky's like, just focus on me. It's all going to be cool. And Matt cuts his hand and gets some blood on the photo of them. And he's kind of freaked out, but she's like, hey, hey, this is a good thing. Focus. And you can see her getting like kind of excited in the back. Like she's like, this is actually fucking working. She's like, but I'm like, I'm going to keep it chill. I just have to keep him calm and then everything's going to go good. Yeah. She says, okay, now I want you to say I accept you. And he says, okay, uh, I accept you. He (laughs) says, sure, I'll do it. I'll do whatever. Candles flare up. The photo smokes. The blood is doing all this kind of stuff. Everything dies down and then a door slams and it scares Matt and he runs into Vicky and she touches him and he feels it and she feels it. So they know it worked. She says she's here. I want to bring up, I think last episode, Jeremy and Anna touched hands, but for some reason we're meant to believe that they didn't like fully feel each other's hands at that time. I think even in that episode, they didn't say they could feel each other's hands. I think it was kind of like more of a comforting, like reaching for each other kind of to leave the question like can they touch each other or not yeah like it was kind of a question I don't don't think it was confirmed you know I think it was kind of like what does this entail you know sure I just wanted to bring that up in case anyone was like didn't we didn't Anna and Jeremy already touch these two touch they feel each other they know they're here it worked the spell worked woohoo happy ending except not it's it's (laughs) happy for five seconds and Matt it's time to pay the piper, buddy. Vicky almost <laughs> immediately finds the wrench, but we'll get there in a second. Um, so then we go to the hallway at school. Bonnie is talking to Jeremy, and she's pretty annoyed that Jeremy went to Anna before going to her. Jeremy was like, well, I thought Anna might know something being on the other side. And Bonnie says, um, you told me they were alone over there. So I don't really know why you would think that Anna would know something. And Bonnie's also like, and I'm a witch. Don't you think I would know something? Yeah. And then Jeremy also drops that Vicky's been communicating with some super strong witch. And Bonnie says, especially if there's another witch involved, don't you think you should have come to me before going to Anna? Anna appears and says, oh, tell her not to be upset. I was just trying to help. And to be fair to Anna, she was just trying to help. And Anna has a different expertise than Bonnie does. Both of their expertise is helpful. Jeremy's just fumbling the bag here. Yeah. And this is where Jeremy really fumbles the bag. He says, not now, Anna. Don't tell Bonnie Anna's there. Pretend she's not there. And look, I think Bonnie is more mad about this because he's communicating with Anna more than anything else. It's not like she's like, I definitely know more. I think she's like, stop talking to your dead girlfriend more than anything. Well, it's like, stop talking to her instead of talking to me. It's like, I'm your current girlfriend. And like, not telling me until after. Like, you could come to me and ask this. And then I might even come to the to the point like, hey, maybe Anna knows something that would be useful. Or like, say, hey, here's what's going on. I have Anna here so I can talk to both of you. Yeah. Don't do it behind closed doors. Her instincts are correct because she's like, why do you keep talking to Anna by yourself? It's like, that's a bad sign that you're like willing to do that. And then tell me after the fact that you went to her first. 
And I mean, even as right as he is to talk to both of them, Bonnie has every right to be upset. Yeah, they're both right. She is right to be nervous about it because I'm sorry the sparks between Jeremy and Anna are stronger. Yeah, that's from me personally. I don't think I'm going to get a little blowback on that. Well, I'm just going to admit that I've never been a big fan of the Bonnie Jeremy couple. I'm not particularly either. And I like Bonnie and Jeremy. So that was a shock when they got together and I wasn't really feeling it. But I'm a big Anna and Jeremy stan, as we all know. Yeah. It's my favorite of his girlfriends thus far. I hate to say it. It's looking like Jeremy might agree. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Bonnie, once she realizes that Anna is here right now, she's like, I don't want to deal with this. Instead, I'm going to go deal with Matt trying to resurrect his dead sister. That's more important to me right now. So she leaves. Yeah, so it was good to not get Bonnie involved in the Stefan plan because she's got her hands fucking full tonight. Yeah. So then we go back over to the Donovans. Vicky realizes she can like feel the fire, which is cool. And Matt says, did the witch like not mention this to you? And Vicky says, well, it makes sense. You know, the deal was she'd help me do what I need to do. And Matt, for the first time, has like used his logical thinking to be like, oh, you have to do something. What was the deal? Yeah. Oh, you did make a deal. What was your side of it? You can see the gears start to turn very slowly. Smoke is coming <laughs> out of his ears. And he says, what deal? And Vicky says, well, to stay here, I have to help her restore the balance. And then she picks up a huge wrench, which Matt should clock as a bad sign. I was like, is she about to kill Matt to stay here? Yeah. And I think Matt also is like, you can kill me. <laughs> And she tells him, you know, Klaus's hybrids can't be allowed to survive. And Matt says, no, don't kill Tyler. Vicky says, oh, I'm not going to kill Tyler. She's like, no, I like Tyler. I'm not killing him. Vicky says, I don't give a fuck about Tyler. She says, but Elena is the key to creating the hybrids. And you do have to admit, Vicky and Elena never got along. And I do think Elena was sometimes unnecessarily a bitch to Vicky. Mm-hmm. Although in the end, she was right that Vicky was going to hurt Jeremy. So, you know, everyone said things they didn't mean. <laughs> yeah. They never got along regardless. It was a long built situation from Elena dating Matt all the way up to Vicky's death. Yeah. But Matt doesn't want Elena to die because even though they're broken up and things are complicated, he doesn't want her to die. So Matt says, no, you like can't kill Elena. And then Vicky gives him a close up look at that wrench by knocking him out with it. Um, And she says, I'm so sorry, Matt, but I want to stay and leaves. You know what? She's got to do what she's got to do. No one can blame Vicky for trying this. She's alone on the other side. She's killing someone who she doesn't really care for. And if this witch is whispering in her ear, she's probably like, well, the hybrid shouldn't live. That's totally like not fair to nature. Yeah, she's probably thinking of it, not only her not really liking Elena, but also like, I'm not killing Elena because I want to murder Elena. I'm killing Elena for the greater good of humanity. It doesn't hurt that it's Elena because I think if the witch was like, you have to kill Jeremy for the greater good, Vicky would be fighting it a lot more. Yeah, but she's like, it's kind of nice that it's Elena. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, you know, I don't like want to come back solely to kill Elena, but if that's part of the deal, if you're going to make me like, okay, I'm not that mad about it. Yeah, so then we go back over to the bonfire. There's more drinking. Someone's doing a keg stand. Elena's chanting. She's having a good time. And then she spots Stefan staring at her. They cheers from across the way. They both drink. They're giving each other some eyes. Yeah, they're making eyes at each other. I mean, just because his humanity's off doesn't mean he's not wanting to have sex. (laughs) Yeah, doesn't mean his penis is off. Yeah, he said, oh, yeah, she's still hot. (laughs) And then we go over to the fire. Rebecca is attempting to cook a marshmallow. 
And Damon approaches because he's like, this is a perfect flirt opening. Yeah, he's like, I've got everything prepped in my head. I've got my lines ready. She says, what? No friends your own age? Which is a good read. But then he says, you're one to talk. <laughs> yeah. All, another good read. Yeah, but you're both too old to be here. Yeah. <laughs> she burns her marshmallow. And she says, is this supposed to be fun? I've been through like 10 of these. So we have to assume she's just been sitting there burning marshmallows all night. Yeah, and she's like, why do they keep turning black? Like, what is everyone doing with these? Which is so funny because you have to assume she knows how to work a fire. Well, she might not know what a marshmallow is. That's true. She probably doesn't know what a I don't marshmallow know. is. I was thinking, I don't know when marshmallows were created, but obviously they're made of a lot of chemicals, so it could be past the 20s. I'm assuming they are. I'm going to Google it really quick. I, yeah, I do of... think that's the right call. Wait, what? Marshmallows were invented in 2000 BC, before Christ. Huh. So Christ had a marshmallow. They were Egyptian. Okay. And it was a very special treat that was reserved for gods and royalty. So you would think the originals would get them. No offense. Oh, and they used to soothe coughs and sore throats and to heal wounds. Did that work? They put anything on a wound back in the day. (laughs) Also, I will say I want to comment on you said you would think the originals would get them. We don't know a ton about the originals. We know about the originals in 1492 that they were like noblemen, but we don't know what kind of humble beginnings from which they came i'm saying after they all became vampires and learned they could compel people i'd be like give me a marshmallow i'm going to egypt like (laughs) give me one of those well i i mean i'd start with give me money you know and then once i have money of the time i'm i'm assuming i would be buying a marshmallow i'd be buying coffee i'd be buying indigo dye um you know all the, the the treasures of the day i'm going to ancient egypt and i'm like where's king tut and then i go rob him and then I'm there and I'm as I'm on my way out. I see they're cooking some. I'm like, what's that? Like, it's a marshmallow. But this is really just for gods and royals. And I say, give it to me. I said, well, that's perfect because I'm actually a royal. Hand that over. I will say 2000 BC is even before we know the originals were alive because we know the originals are about a thousand years old in 2011. Well, I'll ask this. When were s'mores invented? Because just because a marshmallow is there doesn't mean she's ever toasted a marshmallow. That is a better question. I'm going to guess 70s. Oh my God, this is crazy. S'mores were invented in 1927. Rebecca just missed them. She just missed them. She just missed them. God damn it. She's like, man. So they came out in a Girl Scout cookbook in 1927. She just missed it. Wow. That is so funny. Anyway, so she's having trouble with the marshmallow, which is not her fault because she just missed it. Yeah, she didn't know this happened. And then Damon turns up the flirt dial pretty high he says oh you're looking at it all wrong it's rough on the outside but inside yum and he feeds it to her they lick their fingers at this point it's kind of looking like rebecca's a chump i hate to say it like i know rebecca's kind of a chump for flirting in general but she's not stupid either way no matter how this is looking damon maybe you hold the stick yeah that's all i'm saying she's holding a piece of wood let's think Let's get that out of her hands. Yeah. just Let's make that our first flirty move. Like a girl, as if a girl stealing a boy's hat. Yeah. Go take her stick. Oh, I'll toast the next one for you so you can try a golden brown one. And use like the hand that's away from her, you know? Yeah. Just my two cents on the matter. <laughs> Too late now. I saw her holding a piece of wood and I said, mm, that's going to come back to bite you. Yeah. And then we see Elena, who's from a distance watching the flirting. And Stefan approaches and he's like, hey, what's that look about? Yeah, Stefan said, I spy a little green monster. <laughs> yeah, he says, you look jealous when my brother's getting his flirt on. 
Naturally, she denies it. That's what Elaine is known for. And he says, hey, be jealous by all means. I'm sure Damon will be thrilled. Um, She denies it again. He says, my mistake. It's fun that his humanity is off so he can notice this objectively. But objectively, Stefan, why would Damon be flirting with Rebecca when you know he's obsessed with Elena? And when you know that he's against you and the originals? Again, let's just think about it for a quick second, Stefan. Let's think a little critically. And again, Stefan has not always been the best critical thinker. He's no Matt Donovan, but he's also no Damon. (laughs) You would think he would at least be clocking that it's weird. And, you know, I don't think he would really need to be concerned about Rebecca because Rebecca's got a good head on her shoulders. But you would think he would be like, okay, clearly there's a plan afoot. Yeah. Damon is distracting her. Yeah. Elena finishes her drink and she says, I'm out of here and leaves. So naturally, Stefan follows her. Because that's his entire job right now. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bonnie's arriving to the bonfire and she gets a call from Matt. And she says, hey, Matt, slow down. Like, what's the drama? And he says, so I messed up pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he said, so I did make a pretty big mistake tonight. And Bonnie says, where is she? She's talking about Vicky, of course. She walks further into the bonfire and we see Vicky appear. Someone has left a joint on the windshield of a car and Vicky picks it up because she said, fuck yeah. Vicky's like, hell yeah, I can smoke again? Let's go. She's like, this was worth it. Yeah. (laughs) So then we go back over to Flirt Central by the fire. Damon says to Rebecca that he can't believe she's never had a s'more before. She says, well, I've been in a casket for 90 years. She said, and I just learned this. They were invented in 1927. And Damon says, that's crazy. You literally just missed them. What are the odds? And she says, yeah, it was in a Girl Scout cookbook. He says, well, fun fact, like ancient Egyptians used to eat marshmallows. And she says, yeah, but they didn't come up with s'mores. (laughs) Anyway, he says, no excuse. She's enjoying the s'more, of course. How can she not? It's a delicious treat. She says, hey, why are you being so nice to me? Because you hate me. So you should be mean. Mama didn't raise no fool on Rebecca. Look, she may be crazy and thinks she's the best person on earth, but she can tell when someone's gassing her up a little more than more than she would expect. She may love male validation, but again, she doesn't want it for free. She doesn't want fake male validation and she can tell. Yeah. He says, oh, well, I could be mean if that's what you're into. And she says, "Okay, so you're distracting me. Why? Yeah, she said, okay, well, you just gave it away, dumbass. And he says, I'm just trying to be a good housemate. And then she gets like a little closer and he's like, oh, I think I I think I saved this one. And she says, you know, it's never a fair fight between us, Damon. And then she stakes him in the stomach with her s'more stick. And she says, remember that. And so he's like, okay. she leaves. He pulls out the steak and he heals. And he's like, "Okay, uh, that's a that's a blow. Then we go over to the Lockwood house. Tyler wakes up on the couch to Caroline sitting in a chair across from him looking very much like a therapist or a mother who's mad at him. Yeah. He says, hey, how'd I get here? And she says, yeah, I brought you here because you were being a D-bag. And he's like, what? He <laughs> says, what is your problem today? And she says, my problem is you've been sired. Do you know what that means? And he says, no. And she says, well, I just learned it today. Let me tell you what it means. Yeah. Um, it means that you put Klaus's needs first because he's your master. And Tyler says, I'm nobody's pet, okay? He's not controlling me. And Caroline says, well, I don't know why else you'd be acting like this. You're acting like the old pre-werewolf obnoxious you that I never wanted to be friends with. And he's like, um, ouch, I'm having so much fun and being so sexy and cool. What's the issue? But Tyler says, "Okay, wait, I'm sorry. I hated that guy. I don't want to be him. And Caroline says, "Okay, well, as a vampire, every part of your personality is heightened. So you have to be careful. And he's like, huh. I've never even thought about this as a vampire transition. I really think he hasn't thought of it in that way. Yeah. 
He's like, I'm a hybrid now. It's like, no, you are transitioning into vampire. Yeah. And he says, okay, I promise I'll be careful. Just don't hate me. Everything I like about me is you, which is enough to convince her to be like, okay, we're good for today. He kisses her. They make out. Obviously, they go on to have sex because we see them later. The writing's on the wall. Yeah. (laughs) They're into each other. What can we say? So then we go out to the bleachers uh, at Mystic Falls High. Elena is laying on the top of the bleachers looking at the sky as Stefan approaches. And she says, you know, I used to know every constellation. How did I forget them all? She's slurring her little words. She's got her accent work going. Yeah, mama, she's given a performance, but it's enough of a performance to convince Stefan. He says, okay, so you're drunk. You need to go home. And she says, okay, I'll go find my car and then stumbles for good measure. And he says, you're joking. And she says, uh-oh, fun police. I thought Ripper Stefan was the life of the party. He says, okay, I'm driving you home. And he starts to walk down the bleachers, but she climbs uh, outside on the edge of the bleachers. And he says, okay, please get down. Yeah, he's like, no, please don't kill yourself. And she says, oh, what are you afraid I'm gonna? And then she almost falls. And she says, oop, that was close. Klaus wouldn't be happy with you. Laying it on a little thick, but it's working. Yeah, his his critical thinking is moving real slow with this humanity off. Yeah. Because he doesn't really care if she falls. He more cares about Klaus. And Stefan says, you're hilarious. And she says, ah, look, no hands. And she pretends to fall again. She laughs, ha, ha, ha. And then she actually falls. <laughs> Luckily, Stefan can run really fast. Um, he catches her and they look into each other's eyes and it seems quite romantic. Yeah, it's looking like Stefan is feeling like feeling something, you know? Yeah. And she says, I knew you'd catch me. And they look at each other. It's very beautiful. And then Alaric shoots him. Pretty good move. Alaric asks if Elena's okay. She says, yeah, fine. And Alaric says, you look not sober. And she says, okay, from one alcoholic, thank you for the note. She's like, I had to just fully jump off the bleachers, trusting that this dude who called me a human blood bag would catch me. So yeah, I drank a little to prep for that. Excuse me for pre-gaming for my attempted suicide. Excuse me for getting a little liquid courage before my improv performance. Yeah. <laughs> um, she says, the plan worked. That's what matters. Let's get him out of here. So- Alaric and Elena load him into Alaric's car, which is big SUV. Vicky watches from a distance with her joint. Meanwhile, in Rick's classroom, Bonnie and Matt are, you know, making their next moves. Matt says, I am so sorry. I did trust Vicky. I really didn't think she'd do something like this. Well, you didn't ask a lot of questions, King. Well, and I'm sorry. Have you met Vicky? (laughs) Yeah, no offense. (laughs) No offense to Vicky. But she's kind of looking out for herself. You know, she's got to do what she's got to do. And honestly, if Matt had gone to Bonnie and talked to her about this, Bonnie would have been like, okay, she's lying. Yeah, Bonnie would have been like, no, that stuff doesn't happen for free. She clearly is paying a price, you know? But hindsight's 2020. Bonnie says, look, just tell me exactly what you did to let Vicky out so I know how to send her back. Back out by the car. Elena and Stefan are inside. Alaric goes to get in the driver's seat and notices an empty thing of gasoline. He says, oh, I see the geniuses came out to the bonfire tonight. And he kind of ignores it. And then Vicky drops the joint and the fire moves to the car. Alaric notices it as it catches the car. Yeah, it's traveling up the gasoline, catches the whole car. Alaric's not in the car yet. Yeah, Alaric calls out to Elena. She's already inside. Vicky watches and you can tell she feels remorse for what she's doing. She just feels like it's something she has to do. She, you can tell she's a little sad about it. Yeah, she feels bad about it, but she's like, this is what I have to do to stay here. Like, I, I made this deal. I have to see it through. Elena tries to open the door, but Vicky has like uh, quickly ghost transported to the driver's seat. So every time Elena unlocks the door, Vicky's locking the door. Kind of oldest trick in the book, yeah. uh, but effective. 
And even though Elena can't hear her, Vicky does apologize. <laughs> Alert goes to another truck. He finds a lacrosse stick. He tries to use it to break the window, but it's not really working. The fire grows. Meanwhile, in the classroom, Bonnie has found a spell to block the magic that's helping Vicky. She needs to cut Matt's hand to do it. We go back out to the car. We're going back and forth between the classroom and the car at this point. Elena calls out to Stefan. He wakes up. He realizes what's happening and he kicks the trunk open. Thank you, mm-hmm. Stefan. Useful. Meanwhile, Bonnie starts the spell. As this is going on, Elena tries to climb to the back where the trunk is open. But Vicky is like pissed. She's like, okay, come on. Let's just like wrap this up. I'm not happy about this. So Vic- like, the more you fight, the longer this is going to take. And I'm going to have to watch you slowly burn to death. Can we just get it over with? Yeah, so Vicky like grabs her foot so she can't crawl out. And so Elena struggles. But then as she's doing that, Vicky is transported to the classroom where Bonnie's doing the spell. And she can't help but notice that Bonnie's doing a spell and Matt's there. Yeah, that Matt is helping her do this. And she says, hey, Matt, what is Bonnie doing? And Matt says, she's fixing my mistake. And Vicky's like, what mistake? Yeah, and Vicky says, (laughs) well, tell her to stop. And Matt says, hurry up, Bonnie. And Bonnie says, Matt, the spell is working, okay? She's still here because of you. And Vicky says, like, Matt, please. And Matt's like, I can't let you hurt anyone. She says, I'll stop. I won't hurt anyone. Just don't make me go. And he, by now, realizes that that's not really something she can promise. She's going to have to hurt someone. Yeah. Um, Or she's going to have to go. And he says, look, I have to let you go. It's wrong. You shouldn't be here. And this is sad. This is really sad because he is accepting that, like, he can't cheat death. Like she's gone and I have to accept that. Like there's no way around it. Like I thought I could get around it and not hurt anyone, but I but can't. That's not happening. She says, I'm so sorry. Like she's been feeling remorse. She apologized for this. She feels bad for like tricking Matt and doesn't want to disappoint him that she like tried to do this thing. Cause she's like, I was just trying to get back and like not be by myself. And like, I know I did a bad thing to do this. So I tried to do a bad thing, but like, I, I was just kind of powering through it until I had to do it, you know? Yeah. She says, I just didn't want to be alone. And he says, neither did I, but I have to let you go. And then he says goodbye and she disappears. And Matt tells Bonnie that she's gone. This is, I mean, hate Matt Donovan as we do. This is very sad that he just, to think about it from Matt's perspective too. Jeremy got to come back. All of these people that he's friends with, they're supernatural. They get like a million chances at life. And he can't give that to Vicky. He doesn't have the power. Vicky doesn't have the power. He can't help that his family's dead. Well, and to like think that he could bring Vicky back, to think that, you know, in some way he could see her regularly and it could work. And yeah, it's because he didn't think through the consequences, but it's because he was like, well, maybe there aren't consequences. Maybe I could just get my sister back. It's unfair that I had to lose my sister. I want to help her out because I wasn't able to help her in her last minutes. And then to have to realize, no, I can't do anything about it. And the cost is too great. And I just have to accept that, like, at least now I get to say goodbye, but I do have to say goodbye. So then we go out to the car. Elena gets out and Rick says, "Okay, let's hurry. Let's go before it blows up. But she makes alert go back for Stefan. They get him and they get away just in time for it to blow up. And man, Alert cannot catch a break. First, his apartment gets taken over by Klaus and his car gets blown up by a ghost. And to his knowledge, like he doesn't know the ghost is there. He thinks that he just like 
happened to park where a fire started, like yeah. where the gasoline went, like some student accidentally set his car on fire, essentially. I know someone later will tell him like, no, that was Vicky Donovan. <laughs> yeah. So he'll actually get a reason. But he's like, are you kidding me? That's my fucking car. Like, that's my SUV. That thing's not cheap. I'm a high school history teacher. I don't have enough money to buy a new car. So then we go over to the Salvatore house and we get a lovely little Delena scene. Elena is like, I'm going to, you know, do my own first aid. And Damon's like, no, you almost got barbecued. The least I can do is apply first aid. Uh, he is applying first aid. Delena stands. We are eating tonight. This is a classic romance scenario. Mmm, yummy. Yeah, a little Q-tip on the face action. <laughs> is the stuff. <laughs> and Elena says, you know, you played your part of the plan really well tonight. Rebecca was drooling all over you and the marshmallows. Like, Elena, keep your jealousy to yourself, girl, damn. Yeah, and Damon says, yeah, before she skewered me, I thought you were too drunk to notice. And she says, I was faking most of it. And he says, so was I. Woo-hoo-hoo, you two. And Alaric says, okay, I can't let this stand. You ready to get going, Elena? <laughs> yeah, Alaric's like, time to go. Alaric said, listen, if I must be a cock block for the rest of my days, I will do it. Yeah, he's like, time to go. And apparently we're walking. So I would like to get going faster so I can be in bed within the hour. Damon says, hey, great work tonight, Rick. Sorry about the car. Bummer. He says, fuck you. He says, I hate you more than anything in the world. <laughs> and then Rick and Elena start to leave and we go over to the Lockwood house. Caroline and Tyler are getting dressed post intercourse. And he's like, hey, you always are like running out on me. And she says, yeah, you have to earn the overnighter. Like, I'm not staying here right now, dude. Yeah, she's like, you were being a D-bag today, as I mentioned. So, yeah, I still am going to go home. And he takes it as a challenge, which she thinks is cute. He, he, he. They say bye. He kisses her. She leaves. And then Rebecca appears at the door far too fast for her not to have been listening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she was listening during the intercourse. Absolutely. Yeah, she's there she was too. watching it. I hate to tell him that, but she was. She says, hey, I have a present for you. Um, it's a human woman with a neck wound. <laughs> Rebecca has a little bit of blood. And Tyler tries to resist, to his credit. The conversation with Caroline is fresh in his mind. He says, you should go. And Rebecca says, you know, my brother would really want my, his hybrid to indulge in everything life has to offer. And Tyler says, okay, twist my arm. And then he uh, bites her. So that doesn't yeah. last long. Yeah, he understood the concept of like, oh, I should not be drinking like blood from an actual human. But he didn't really, again, think about the logistics of how to stop that. Yeah. Or really the like as much the why, you know, I think he understands it, but not enough to be like, that doesn't smell amazing, though. Well, he's also probably like, well, Rebecca's already brought her here. She's probably going to kill her anyway. I might as well have some blood. Yeah. Which not better, but <laughs> you tried. I would like if you didn't kill random people, though, just ideally, if I if I could pick. And then we go back to the mausoleum where Michael is being kept. Catherine's lighting some candles. And Michael says, hey, I'm really sorry about my outburst earlier. I feel like I should explain myself. I've been denying myself human blood for as long as I can remember. This is our first time in a while seeing a vampire who denies themselves human blood. Yeah, we don't see it very often. And he says, hey, why'd you wake me up, by the way? And she says, well, I thought you knew how to kill Klaus, but something tells me I've been misinformed. And he says, can you help me with these chains? Because I can't kill Klaus from underneath them. She says, okay, so do you know how to kill Klaus? Now, Catherine... I know you're smarter than this. Yeah. There is no reason to take these chains off until you get a little bit more information. Exactly. Ask a few more questions. But she's excited. She's been working hard to get him awake. 
she is assuming that like everyone else, he hates Klaus enough that it will overpower anything else. Yes, because also here's the steps she should be taking. She's been offering him animal and human blood. He says he's been denying himself human blood. Why then would he not have the animal blood, Catherine? And I think it's good to be like, okay, well, what kind of blood do you want? I can bring it to you. And then if he's like, take the chains off, it's like, no, that's not what I asked. Answer my question first. Because obviously this is a jump to make on her own, but she should be asking a few more questions before the chains were off, especially because Anna was like, no, don't wake him up. It's a mistake. And not in like, it's a mistake because he could kill Klaus or like, you don't want to get involved in that because she was happy to say his name and who who Klaus was afraid of. She did tell them to avoid this though. Yeah. You have to assume there's a little bit of a reason. To Michael's credit though, he does make this take long enough that I think he's just worn down Catherine's patience enough that she's not thinking as critically as she normally is. Yeah, because she's been there like three days now. So she's kind of like, okay, let's get this moving. You know, let's get to move on. We got to get Klaus killed. She says, you do know how to kill Klaus. He says, I can kill Klaus and I will. And she's like, that's enough for me. (laughs) How do you think he plans to kill Klaus? Do you have any theories on what his... I have no idea. The one thought from this, uh, just drink all his blood till he dies. (laughs) One thing that he is doing that we've not seen anyone else do could be involvement with a witch. I don't really think he's involved with the witch just because like we've seen him kind of be a solo person and Gloria didn't really seem to know anything about him. And he's been locked up for a while, desiccated. So it would be hard for him to have an ally. Yeah. So he must have some way to kill him. Obviously, it's not the dagger because we know why the dagger doesn't work, but I don't know what it is. I'll go back to my original how to kill an original theory that you just dismember them and separate everything really far. Yeah. <laughs> just make it harder for them to get put back together. Sure. I feel like that's that was my original theory. Why not try it again? Sure. Bring it back. <laughs> so Catherine's like, great, I'll take off your chains. She takes off the chains. He stretches and he thanks her. And she says, you know, a little blood would grease your muscles up real quick. And he says, thank you for offering pretty much. He yeah. says, you know, I don't feed on living things. And he said that. And I was like, well, good thing they're in a cemetery. My thought was he was like somehow getting blood out of like embalmed bodies. It didn't make any sense. But I was like, well, what's dead? Yeah. And Catherine says, OK, then what do you eat? And you have to imagine that as Catherine asked that question, she was like, he's going to attack me. Yeah, she was like, oh. Oh no, I just figured it out immediately after asking that. Okay, this was a mistake. So he attacks her, bites her, very cool. And then enough for her to pass out. So we now know that Michael feeds on vampires. He's a vampire hunter who hunts and feeds on vampires. So he's a vampire cannibal. Yeah, cool. Cool. (laughs) Interesting call. Uh, Okay. (laughs) We have to assume if there are cannibals and humans, there must be some in vampires. Sure, that's a fair enough assumption. So then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Elena and Rick are on their way out. And Elena says, you know, Rick, it's okay if you want to be friends with Damon again. And Rick says, I don't. (laughs) And she's like, you will, though. Elena (laughs) says, I think he misses you. And then Stefan approaches them and he says, hey, you guys got me tonight. Wasn't expecting that. And Rick says, yeah, that was the point. Yeah, Rick's like, that's why we did it. And Stefan says, look, hate all you want, but Elena needs me. I'll always protect her and you're both better off having me around. And then they start to leave. And Stefan says, Elena, wait, you could have let me die in that fire tonight. Why didn't you? And she says, well, that's a pretty simple answer. I still have hope. Yeah, I'm still hoping you'll flip that switch back on. 
And he says, after everything, you still think I'll be able to find my humanity again. And she says, yeah, I do. I know who you really are better than anyone and I'm not giving up. And then he really cuts deep. And he says, do you have any idea how pathetic that makes you? And she says, no, it makes me strong. And then she punches him with the steak knuckles and she punches him hard enough that they go in. It's a very full circle moment from the beginning of the episode. She walks out and meets Rick at the door and they just leave him with the stakes. And they obviously just wanted to make a point. They didn't want to lock him up at that exact point. Yeah. And you know what? I hate to say it. It's good that Elena's like taking this opportunity to strengthen herself up, build this thicker skin. She's been really believing that she changed Stefan completely by dating him for a year. And it's like, no, it's time to really face what this world is looking at. Yeah. We go back over to the Gilbert house. Jeremy is calling Bonnie, leaving a voicemail because, of course, she doesn't want to talk to him right now. He says, hey, why are you dodging my calls? Shouldn't we at least talk about this? Fairly obvious why she's dodging your calls. Yeah. Give her some time to deal with this because she's obviously not ready. (laughs) He hangs up and Anna appears and she says, oh, I should not be here. And he says, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. He's like, yeah, why are you here? And she's like, um, I didn't make this choice, King. She says, hey, why are you thinking about me when you're calling her? And he says, I didn't think I was. I don't really know what I'm doing. And I don't think I can stop thinking about you. And she says, well, I can't stop thinking about you either. And they sit together and he's like, oh my God, what are we going to do? She holds out her hand. They Tarzan their hands together. And then they realize that they can touch and feel it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what? And then we go over to the Salvatore house. Damon is rolling up the rug that they have to replace from all the blood that Stefan has spilled there. Might as well leave it. I mean, you're just going to get more blood on it at this point. Yeah. A vase breaks. There's a person whooshing around. And Damon's like, man, come on, Stefan. Just go to bed. Damn. And he kind of starts to clean up. And then he gets punched in the face. And the camera pans up. And it's Mason Lockwood. The last person I expected to see. And Mason Lockwood says, this is going to be fun. And that's where we end the episode. So there's a couple things we learn at the end here. We knew that Vicky could touch Matt when the spell was successful. Mm -hmm. Bonnie successfully sent Vicky away. But it seems like now Anna can touch Jeremy and Mason can touch Damon. What is up with all this? Because the first thought is like, well, maybe they can only touch these people who have become like mediums, whatever. And that's why Jeremy would be able to touch Anna. Somehow that's a remnant of like, Vicky got sent back, but that power, that original spell, like you couldn't take that away because it's the first time anyone saw ghosts after that. But then also, you know, if it's just the mediums being able to touch, why would Mason be able to touch Damon? And so it could be the mediums and whoever killed you, you can touch. Because we do know, you know, Damon killed Mason. That's one thought. Well, I want to bring your attention to the fact that it also carries over to objects. Vicky was able to touch pretty much any object she wanted. She was able to smoke a joint, so she can interact with the world. So that implies that maybe it's not just one person. So they can like interact in the world in a normal way. It's unclear whether Damon can see Mason. So it's unclear what people can see, but you can all touch things. It is also worth like noting that the people who we've seen as ghosts were all supernatural before their death. Now, still raises the question why we haven't seen some other people, but it's kind of like who they can interact with, who they'd want to interact with. Like if you're a ghost and you're suddenly able to like touch things and see the world and how you learn that you can do that, you assume word would spread pretty fast, you know, in the other side between like whoever you can communicate with. Because even though Vicky said she was alone, she was communicating with a witch, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's not like she wasn't seeing people. 
Do you think that the people on the other side have been able to see what's been going on since they've been dead? I think so. Give It's like lovely bones, you know? Sure. Like, I do think they're able to tune in occasionally. It's not like Anna came back and was like shocked Jeremy was dating Bonnie. Yeah, gotcha. So you think probably Mason's been following what's going on. Yeah, he's been paying attention. So what do you think Mason's goal is in beating up Damon? Just beating I him think up? just beating him up. I think that he's just kind of pissed of how it went down. Mason, I feel like you should be going after some other people. I think you're wasting your time with Damon, honestly. Go punch Catherine. You know, go see how Tyler's doing. I, I think Damon is kind of the winner, although he could be mad at Damon for essentially leading to his whole pack dying. It wasn't all Damon killing them, but it definitely was part of it. Damon certainly wasn't super helpful to Mason's life. So I think Mason Moore is just like, I want to like fuck him up a little, maybe try to kill him. I don't think he'll be successful in that. But I think he does want to get at least a couple punches in a little bit of scaring haunting going on, you know? Sure. Do you think we're going to see more ghosts interacting with the world? And if so, who do you think we're going to see? I think if we've seen this many, like if it was just Anna and Vicky, I was like, maybe it's just connected to Jeremy. But I think if we've seen Mason come in, the possibilities have really greatly expanded. And also because we saw Mason, you know, with Vicky and Anna, it was very much like you have to be thinking of me for me to show up and get here. Like you have to kind of open that realm and I can touch objects and that combo together is important. I highly doubt Damon was thinking about Mason. But he could have been. He could have been. But I think it's really, really unlikely. Sure. Just of all the dead people that Damon could be thinking of, like I would sooner believe he was thinking of Lexi. And be like, man, I wish Lexi was here to calm Stefan down. Like that kind of thing. Sure. So I do think there is potential that ghosts can just kind of, you know, move from the other side a little bit more freely now. Uh, so I do think some of the big contenders, I think we could see Jenna come and like try to interact with Alaric, maybe interact with Jamie or Elena. That's also just kind of wishful thinking by me. Sure. Um, we could see some other werewolves who are like mad how it all went down or some werewolves wanting to check in with Tyler and ask, like, how did this hybrid thing go? How are you feeling? Like, Name some names. Who do you think we're going to see? I think we could potentially see Jules. She'd be mad that she got sacrificed. She'd want to check on Tyler. I honestly don't think, like, someone like Brady would care enough to really bother with it, because all he'd do is throw some stuff. Potentially someone like Pearl coming to visit Catherine or something. I don't think Isabel has the energy. <laughs> I think she's kind of good with how she went out. And he's like, no, I, I'm happy with my last moments. She's like, I think I kind of nailed it. So those are kind of the top of my head, people. Sure. Do you think Vicky is gone for good? Or do you think because there's kind of this weird loophole when I was seeing a bunch of other ghosts that Vicky might be back? Yeah, so I don't think she's like gone for good. Like, I think she could definitely still interact with like Jeremy and Matt if they were to think of her. But I do think she would be able to benefit from this loophole as well that she could touch people. But I still think- You think she's going to try to kill Elena again? No, you know, I think she was doing it more for the deal. And I think she felt bad in the situation. And also like if Elena is killed by some floating thing, I think even Matt can fill in those dots. But it won't really matter if they fill in the dots if she's dead. But then no one will ever like Jeremy will never give her the time of day. No one would ever give her the time of day again. But if she can move freely after killing Elena, she doesn't need them to give her the time. Well, of day. I don't think that deal is still on the table. Oh, you don't think so? Because- if that was the deal and now there's this extra consequence where the balance has been even more disrupted that all these other ghosts can touch, I don't think her killing Elena is going to get that witch to give her that deal back. I think that deal's done. Gotcha. He didn't follow through with it. Yeah. 
So I don't think there's any point in her killing Elena, like, because I don't think that deal's on the table anymore. So do you think now that Vicky failed, do you think this deal's being offered to another ghost? You think Elena might be in danger still? Uh, potentially, I think. Do you think we're going to see the original witch? I think we'll probably see the original witch at some point because I do think we'll also get some backstory in how the originals formed, the original witch, whoever this original Petrova was that I'm in, like convinced exists. I do think if that witch was offering that deal, why bother going after Damon if you're Mason or really anyone? I think if that deal were offered to any ghost who would come from Mystic Falls, Elena would be dead already. Sure. Because there has to be someone in that list who would just kill Elena for fun. Yeah. That's also assuming that every single ghost wants to get back into the world. Because I'm sure there are plenty of ghosts who are like, I'm good on this side, actually. Like, I don't really want that deal. Sure. Because I think if someone wanted the deal and it were being offered, Elena would have been killed already. I mean, maybe Elena was. Maybe we'll come back next episode and Elena's dead. I personally wouldn't be wasting any time with that. (laughs) Yeah. But that's it for this week. As always, if you're enjoying Doppelgangers of the Vampire Diaries, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple Podcasts and a five-star rating on Spotify Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But we will see you guys next week. Until then, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.